Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, or actually, it's a really a non-episode of uh, She Podcasts, because this isn't actually an episode that we're having today. This is what we would call a replay, but it is, in fact, episode 349. And I am here today without my incredible partner, Jessica Kupferman, because, well, sometimes you're just going to have to go solo in order to get some of these things <laughs> going out live. Okay, so it, this is a special replay, actually. It's a special replay of the very first, the very, very first She Podcast State of Podcasting that happened during the PodFest Global Summit in March 2021. Uh, that happened. It was this incredible event, and Chris Kremitzos gave She Podcasts a little bit of time. We had a little mini con. And one of the things of the programming that we had was this She Podcast State of Podcasting. I'm not going to break down exactly who was in it because when you listen, I speak about them and then you're able to understand who everybody in the panel is. In fact, I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes. So if you would like to get to know them even more and find this incredible panel is, you're welcome to check the show notes. In fact, you can do that right now. But the reason that we're releasing the She Podcast State of Podcasting 2021 is because this week, this upcoming week, if you happen to be listening to it maybe on Monday or Tuesday, because this is going to be coming out on the weekend, we are having the She Podcast State of Podcasting 2022 in mid-March. And that is going to be streaming live at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on March 17th, 2022. And again, you can sign up to get all of the information in the show notes as well to be able to do that. So this specific event is part of a larger initiative that I've taken on that is called Claim Pod Parity, which is a movement through the month of March where I'm wanting actually this movement to continue even more. It really is about bringing um, awareness and for all of us as uh, professionals in the podcasting space that are women or that are gender non-conforming professionals in the space to come together and really celebrate each other, to support each other, to be able to continue to amplify the work that we've been doing together. Uh, there is a landing page uh, that can give you so much information about the movement over at libsyn.com slash claim pod parody. That is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com slash claim pod parody all together, all together. Now, if you are a woman or non-binary that is working in podcasting, so what that means to me is somebody who is Anything from being a virtual assistant working with podcasts specifically, if you're an editor, if you're a producer, if you're a podcast project manager, if you will, if you are a host, if you are a coach, if you are somebody who is a consultant, if you are working in advertising, if you are in any aspect of podcasting, but that is really your sole business or you're looking to get into it in some way, reach out to me, reach out to me. And in fact, you can email me over at lc.lipson.com. Dot com or Elsie at ShePodcasts.com and ask to be part of the movement. We have a wonderful Slack channel that has all of the, um, it's where the headquarters for the movement is, if you will. It's where we have all of our assets, is where I share all the information of what I'd love for you to support everybody else in doing. And we also have all kinds of other little places to come together. Overcast and Castro are both showcasing playlists of not only 
podcast about podcasting, all led by women. So these are curated playlists in, oh, and Podchaser as well that are already doing that or, or having another playlist, which is about women podcasting pros that have also podcasts, but they're not necessarily about podcasting. We have another curated list about that. You're welcome to check those things out. And a big shout out to all of those partners that really put all this together, which obviously include Overcast and Castro and Podchaser, but also Good Pods. We have a, a wonderful group in Good Pods as well. I'm going to put a link in the show notes as well if you want to join that. And then we also have, of course, PodFest and Podcast Business Journal, who is doing their very best to be able to also help us get the word out about this uh, movement all the way around. Anyway, I have been talking already too much. I'm telling you, this is a fantastic, a fantastic panel discussion. It is, and actually, excuse me, I'm not even saying panel discussion. It is not a discussion. It is essentially women coming in and sharing some insights about the industry in a way that I feel was, oh man, I, I remember after this event like was done, I just, I was so inspired. I hope that this inspires you as well. I want you to continue, please, to tweet and highlight this, the She Podcast State of Podcasting 2021, but also please come and hang with us on this Thursday coming up March 17th, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Sign up to get the scoop on what's going on with that. I would love to see you there. I worked so very hard to really curate these incredible slate of women who are going to be speaking. So get all the information in the link in the show notes and onward we go. I have chills just because this entire day, just having these conversations with all of the folks that have been able to come and share their time with me has been really, really, really incredibly inspiring. We have in front of you here, we have so many folks and I'm not going to say where you are because everybody's in different positions based on whoever's looking. Um, we have uh, Nikita Burks-Hale from Journey Girl Magic Productions, Maria Santoja from Odd Woman. We have Reka Murthy from Spotify Soundout Program and so many other things. I didn't even know what title to give you, Reka. So it's like, <laughs> it's like Michelle Corey from Frequency Media and Sarah and Miss Sasha from the amazing Dear White Women podcast. All of us here are coming together to just offer a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of ownership, a little bit of, of strength in, in what we need as we together are here sharing our voices and really owning the fact that this industry is really fueled by us. That in itself, I think, is, is incredibly a powerful thing. The way that we're going to move through this is I'm just going to give a little bit of a larger intro to each one of you who are speaking. And we are going to start from that list, meaning we're going to have Nikita go first and then Maria and then Reka and then Michelle and then Sarah and Masasha. And we will close it up and I'll come in afterwards and see if we have a little bit of time, a little bit of Q&A for us to make it together afterwards. Feel free to turn off your cameras if you feel that that would be better for the experience. And then that way, I'll give you all a heads up when we start to move through. Again, thank you so much for just showing up here today. It really means a lot for us here in the She Podcast team. Y'all are so great. Okay. Nikita Burks-Hale, are you ready to take the stage, my love? Look at you, mama. Mama of the babies. Thank you so much. First of all, just honoring your time because I was like, when I offered her to come and take the stage, I was like, listen, you just have to be on for like just 10 minutes and then you can go back to the baby. <laughs> I didn't want her to miss out. Like I was like, no. So giving you a little bit of behind the scenes of Nikita. She is the CEO and head creative over at Journey Girl Magic Productions, a production company, a podcast production company that supports and empowers women of color as they bring their unique voices to the masses through podcasting. Nikita is also the host of two podcasts, the Journey Girl Magic podcast and the Podcaster's Journey launching, oh my gosh, next month, April 2021. Yo, oh baby, a baby at a keynote. This is amazing. When Nikita is not coaching, as you can see, uh, producing or journeying, you can find her on Netflix uh, binging classics with her wife, Jessica, and enjoying family time with her toddler son and the mighty Remy 
who looks like she is there ready for the world. Oh, <laughs> little, little squishy monkey. So I will let you here take the stage, Miss Nikita, so that you can speak to us. And I will go ahead and move myself off of uh, a video for you. All right. Wonderful. So we are going to make this work because this is where we're at on the day. <laughs> so let me go ahead and share my screen just to keep me at my a lot of time. And then thank you all for just enjoying the hiccups that will prevail from baby Remy. So again, I am Nikita Burks-Hale and I'm the CEO um, of Journey Girl Magic Productions, which is a podcasting production company, specifically amplifying voices of color in the podcasting world. And as you see, I'm a new mom and a podcaster. So I'm really excited to be here today and talk about from my eyes over these last few years of podcasting, what I see is most important and what's necessary and needed. I want to start off with just a quick quote that really stood out to me. I spent some time just researching and getting quiet. And so the truth will always be the truth, regardless of lack of understanding, disbelief, or ignorance. And this is by W. Clement Stone. And so I have done this type of presentation to talk about truths. So I'm going to talk about, I think, five truths that I think are most necessary and needed to be heard right now um, that folks, specifically women of color, need in the podcasting realm. Um, and that first truth is that our voices matter. I did a presentation earlier and there are over 1,750,000 podcasts and 43 million episodes in the world today as of January. And there's still not enough representation. We still have plenty of places where we're not at the table, not seeing ourselves. Um, and we know that our voices matter and our voices are necessary and our voices are needed. And so just that reminder that voices of color, women X voices of color in podcasting do matter um, and they are needed. Second one is that we need more visibility. Just like I was saying, we still are being glossed over. We still are having folks that are like, who is this? And not for the fame of it, but just that person who wants to see themselves. Think about when we were little, we were kids and we just want to belong. We want to feel valued and heard. And so we need more visibility. And that comes in the form of speaking. That comes in the form of conferences for us, by us. And podcasting, of course, and more podcasts on many different topics and not just I'd love to see more true crime and children's stories and just running the gamut of possibilities. So we need more visibility. Truth number three is authenticity and realness is what really matters. And so we're not about the fake. <laughs> uh, there's no room for the fake. If anything, I would say the pandemic, but it says way before the pandemic, but it really teased out for us what matters. And there's no time to bother ourselves and waste our time with fake. And so authenticity and realness is often what we often bring to the table, all of us in these communities. And that's just a foundation for us. And we know that that is what brings other people and our listeners to the table and what they hope for and what they long for. So making sure that we remember that we want the real you, not somebody fake, not somebody that you're trying to be because our experiences are real. And so we need the space to represent and talk about those experiences. Fourth one, this is one I'm really excited about because I'm a little bit of a nerd about research, but we need more research and resources. And that just means that big companies, we need more data about what we do well and more so what is not being done well so that we can direct more resources to those areas. I would love to change that and work on things where we can get more data, more the big podcasting stats that we get every year. I would love to see those expanded and include more folks, more abilities, more depth. So we need more research and resources. And then finally, just the time is now. If anything has shown us, we don't have time to wait. We don't have time to sit around. The time is now for us podcasters to create a podcast, to go a new direction if we want to in our podcast, to come to the table, whether we're invited or not, to speak about podcasting, to create communities that look like us for podcasting, the time for all of that is now. And again, it's what we've been working hard for, what we need on a just foundational level. So that's really quick and simple because I know we have quite a few people, but those are the truths that I really see in the industry for women X of color in podcasting, that our voices matter, that we need our resources, that we need space, we need support, and that again, our voices matter. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nikita. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, you know, if anybody would like to follow up with questions for Nikita, she's actually on after six o'clock. Are you not, Missy? 
you're like totally involved in what's happening after six o'clock here for the Just Busters professional women podcaster mini con that is happening from six o'clock till 10 this evening. If you want to connect with her as well there, we have another chat that's continuing in the community section in the Whova app as well for follow-up questions. We will follow up as best as we can and I'll send anything that comes up if you want uh, any other questions from Nikita as well, if you want to just message us directly so that you can get a chance to know her work. She is really doing some great stuff out there and I want to have her in all the different places because her voice is really super important. And yes, right now it's a reflection of all the things that we are with the babies. I mean, come on, that's going to be happening. So... Thank you, Nikita, so much. And then at the end, maybe we can have a little follow-up questions here. So our next panelist, it is Maria Santoja. And we, I am going to, uh, depending upon what you want, lady, you can do English and Espanol, puede cambiar. A mí no me importa. Así que vamos a empezar aquí. I'll give you a little bit of both when I start to introduce her because I want to make sure that whatever language she feels the most comfortable and she is welcome to speak into this. So Maria Santoja es licenciada en comunicación audiovisual por la Universidad Pompeu Fabra de Barcelona y en la publicidad y relaciones públicas por la Universidad de Alicante. She's been creating podcasts since 2013. In 2016, she was given the award for the best female podcaster for the National Association for Podcasting in Spain. En el 217, en 2017, fue organizadora de las Jornadas Nacionales de Podcasting en su país. Actualmente es la directora de Podwoman, the very first podcasting event for podcasting dedicated to women in Spanish. Es fundadora y productora del podcast, eh, de podcasts en ecos media. So go ahead and take it away, Maria. Thank you so much for coming here and um, chatting with us today. Yay. Thank you very much. I'm trying to do it in English. I'm glad to be here. Okay, and good. Sorry if my English is terrible, I'm <laughs> not the best in English and less at this time that for me is <laughs> half past 10 in the night, but I'm trying. Okay. If I'm blocked, I ask you. Okay, Elsie? Today, I would like to talk about a couple of ideas about the state of podcasting. Well, Elsie has already introduced me, but here are the things that she already said. I would like to explain you more or less how is podcasting in Spain, my country, because podcast is global and we don't think about it always. I mean, we should think that our podcast can be listened uh, all around the world. So here I put some milestones to understand uh, how podcasting has been developed in Spain. We have a quite long tradition here in Spain. Our country is quite small if you compare with the United States. And we don't have the audiences or the money that you have there. But we have a lot of tradition. The first podcast in Spanish language was made in Spain by uh, José Antonio Gelado. And we listen radio a lot. For example, we don't use audiobooks as, for example, you do, but we listen a lot of radio. So here we have also a platform that I don't know if you know it, that is called Evox. This is like the biggest platform for audio in Spanish language. So. Uh, this is interesting if you want to be listened by Spanish language or Latin. Evox is a platform that maybe you don't uh, know already and you should look at. Then we have also what we call Podcastfera, is what I say, Hispanic Podcastfera, that is like a, an amateur community that was very close and that start to develop events and different things from quite the beginning. And all that make that in Spain, uh, the podcasting is quite solid. Then in 2016, a big medium here, Grupo Prisa, that maybe you hear it because is uh, the group that where the newspaper El País belongs, El País maybe, launches his podcast network. It was the first podcast network here in Spain. 
and they did like high level productions in Spanish language, maybe the biggest. Well, there is Radio Ambulante, of course, but a part of that. And for me, a very important milestone was in 2018 when Cristina Mitre, this nice woman in the picture, started his own podcast. Why? Because she was an influencer that has a big community in social media. And because of this, she brought her community to podcast. And that means brought a lot of women in podcasting. Also Charuka and Balamoda that are also influencers. And then last year was very important here because Spain is the country where a lot of enterprise came to arrive with their uh, companies like Podimo or Audible that uh, start to be in, in Europe. And this is a very curious <laughs> graphic that says, I'm not sure is that true, but that Spain is the second country where we listen most podcasts. So some interesting data. 40% of Spanish internet users consume podcasts. I'm not sure in, in the States how big is the consumption, but I think that's not bad, 40% at least. Then the thing is going better because during the confinement, 38% began to listen podcasts. And another good thing is that people agree to the publicity in podcasts. So why I'm telling all that? Well, because Spanish language, I think, is a very good opportunity for podcasts. It's the world's second most spoken native language and the fourth most spoken language. And also, this data from Nielsen is from a couple of, of days ago that the Hispanic podcast audience in the States increased 600 per in 10 years, which is amazing. And here in Spain, for example, in the next five years, it's estimated that the audiences grow 25 and or between 25 or 30%. So why I'm telling all this? Because I think that we know that there are very good contents that had to succeed in English, but we don't have that content maybe in a Spanish show. Let's do it in Spanish because uh, there are a lot of content that isn't explored yet in this language. And then the other part that I'm very interested in is women in podcasting. Here, well, you know that more or less the listeners, the female listeners are like 40%. Here in Spain is a bit more because of the thing I told you about this great woman doing podcasting. And also this is Apple Podcast Top Shows today. In yellow, I mark the podcasts that are independent. And you see that some are from Podium Podcast, that is a network, uh, also Duolingo, for example, from Adonde Media, and a couple are from YouTubers, people from YouTube. But here, look at this. These are one, Cristina Mitre, the, the woman I told you, and another big, important female podcasters. So here in Spain and in Spanish language, we have a lot of great female podcasters. And that brings us more audience, more female audience. These are some of them. And I would like to invite you to visit us in the virtual event Podwoman, where we would have more than 30 podcasters. If you understand Spanish, I encourage you to come. It's for free and you can know more of this fantastic woman. So Which opportunities I see in women in podcasting? Well, as I, I show you, at least here in Spain, the independent podcast best ranked are hosted by women. Why? I think that is because women want to listen, talk about our issues. And unfortunately, we don't find that kind of things in general media. So the opportunity is let's do it in podcasts. Women want to listen women and more women doing content bring us more audience, more female audience. So what I would like to point here today in this great opportunity that uh, the colleagues of She Podcast give me is that we have to do more podcasts in more languages and more diverse. Thank you very much.
Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria. I know how hard it is because even when I present in Spanish, it's like, I'm always like, oh my God, what's that word? <laughs> well, I think, uh, I hope it has been comprehensible, more or yes, less. Yes, of course. We okay. totally understood. Yes. And we will be posting some of these links into that chat in the Whova app so we can continue the conversation there. We won't be able to dive super deep into all of these things, but here as we move through, everybody that can speak Spanish, it is a Spanish-speaking conference for women from Spain, podwoman.com, if you want to sign up and kind of get a sense of, of what that is. I'll be there uh, at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday to be there. So thank you, Maria. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. Gracias. Encantada. Muchas gracias. Adios. Y bueno, bueno, si quieren, se quedan. But here we are. We are moving on to Miss Rika Murti. We're going to get you on, lady. Hi. <laughs> there you are, love. So here we are. Now, I got a chance to just connect with you via my ears once. We got, I don't even know how we ended up talking on the phone. I, I can't even remember how that even happened. I just I, remember I, where I was. It just feels like at some point between the two of us, hopefully we've been working with more independent <laughs> podcasters, mostly women, mostly people of color. That's um, right. That's right. So, so I'll give you a little scoop. And Stureka here uh, is, she's a podcast expert with 20 years of experience in public radio, podcasting, and other digital media. She brings content strategy, editorial, distribution, and audience development to organizations and individuals for compelling, successful work. Rika believes that radio and podcasting are their best when they include a wide range of voices and lived experiences. This guides much of her work and her mentoring, which I know for sure, and she's a founding member of Spotify SoundUp Bootcamp, which brings skills and industry connections to emerging voices in multiple countries. And she's you been all have over been the place. A wonderful I mean, guest. Sorry. So, oh, no, that's tight. I did. <laughs> I, I was there for a little bit. Yes, I was. But you, you know, you've had such a vast foot into all the different pieces of podcasting production and digital media from so many different layers and so many sides of the world. So I'd love for you to take the stage now and do a little bit of pontificating. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, gosh, I don't have a newborn and English is my first language. I know. So this actually should be pretty easy. I know, um, right? <laughs> um, but thank you so much for, for that lovely introduction. Um, and also, I'm, I'm glad that I could come after Nikita and Maria because I just, everything Nikita said was just, I, I was just punching the air. Yes. <laughs> Um, it's definitely my experience. And um, Maria, I'm very, very excited to check out the the scene in Spain, post-pandemic especially. But yeah, you know what I, I wanted to talk about from my perch, um, and Elsie did a great job of laying out that, you know, I work with podcasters of all sizes. I work with big companies. I work with organizations and I work with lots and lots of independents, people who have never um, podcasted before, but who are grown-ups who have professions who just want to enter the scene. And so I do a lot of mentoring and advising. I don't speak for Spotify's SoundUp, but I am very proud and excited by that program. And in this landscape, when I look out, I see so much talent, amazing ideas, and so much good content, like really substantial content and wonderful people. And I tend to encounter people or they encounter me at the moment when when their idea has crystallized, they have a pitch, they have a pilot, maybe I help them get there, not necessarily, but they're ready to go. And they're kind of looking out there like, okay, like, where do I go next? And uh, that's that moment that I really want to talk about the entry moment, because I see that as like a bottleneck, like that's where I see the bottleneck, like this influx of amazing talent. And then where do I go? And I have some ideas of like what's missing and, and how to fix it. And hopefully some of the folks on this webinar um, have ideas or are doing it. I think there are tons of challenges and I'm not going to get into all of them, but I think a lot of us know what they are. You know, there are too many podcasts, not enough listeners, not the right technology to connect us all up, limited data, industry consolidation, although that can also raise podcasting's profile. But the bottleneck that I wanted to talk about, um, especially for newbies and independents, boils down to like three things, two kind of medium things and one big one. And, and the medium things are skill acquisition, right? It's still not clear where to go to learn to be 
a really good podcaster. Um, yeah, there are places for sure. Or how to level up and also how much money you should invest in yourself when the path to recouping that investment is limited. So it sure would be nice to see more solutions. And I see a few coming down the, the pike and hopefully they'll mature soon. Money, yes, of course, right? Uh, money's a bottleneck. Everyone needs money. I do want to say as someone who started out in public radio 20 years ago, before really podcasts were much of anything, there's actually a lot of money right now. And it's kind of exciting for me to see that. But I just remember when there wasn't any. But if you're starting out and you don't have connections, there might as well be none. And I think that it's out there sometimes, but people don't know how to find it. And even the ones who want to give the money don't know how to find the right people, or there are too many strings attached. Sometimes I also see that you may get some money, but it's not enough to really actualize your vision, especially if it's deep. Like I'm working on an investigative journalism podcast right now. And it is amazing. It has a team of four reporters, two editors, plus all the production folks and everything else. That's not just a little bit of starter money. But the biggest thing that I see the need for back to that entry moment is a home. I launch at least a dozen new podcasters into the world every year. And I also work with other independents who are making the shows on their own, but would love to not be doing it on their own anymore, even if they're very committed to making their show. You know, I think that's totally understandable, right? Like not everybody who has the talent, the idea and the drive should feel like they have to do it all on their own. Otherwise, they're not worthy. So I'd really like to see four things as part of this home. Yes, more money. I talked about that. Even starter money for a pilot. I'd like to see not only skills acquisition, but skill sharing, like a community of practice. Yes, there are listservs that are great. Um, the Association of Independence and Radio, Ladio, so many others. And I'm just quickly name checking. So I'm sure I've missed plenty. And then sometimes you also just want other people to do the stuff you're not good at or the stuff you just don't want to do. And again, that shouldn't be a disqualifier from having a podcast. And then the last thing, of course, for a good home is somebody who can help you bring audience, who can help you develop audience. When I say home, it sounds like I'm saying a podcast network. And, and yeah, I am actually. <laughs> it's not the only thing, but let's start there. You know, Those are the things that a good podcast network brings, the things that I listed. And they're obviously not enough. First of all, I do want to say that while podcast networks can bring so much, obviously there are downsides to the way they, some of them currently operate. You have to give a, a lot of creative control or you join a network and you don't get the attention that you maybe needed or wanted, um, or they pivot strategically and leave you hanging out there in the wind. So I think what I really want are independent networks. And I have like this dream of ideal ones and some of them exist. I'll name check a few and please feel free to put some in the chat also. But I really want podcast networks that are podcast first, ones that are coming up with new ways of doing this business that aren't bringing old ways from music or film, ones that have a real commitment for onboarding fresh talent, for taking a risk on talent, for really onboarding diverse creators and supporting them the way they deserve. And we know like every week there's more more comes out about just how networks don't really always serve creators, especially creators of color, who I work with a lot. I'd love to see ethical, kind agreements, professionalism you need to attract funding and audience. And I do want to name check a few networks that are doing that. Um, and I know, again, there are many more, but you know, some that come to mind are Wonder Media, Crooked, Multitude, Critical Frequency, Joe Budden, Lentigua Williams. And again, very random. Also, I'm just saying there aren't enough. Um, they're not easy to run. So that's the area that I want to see grow. You know, that moment of entry, I'm looking at the, at the landscape and there are homes. I just need to share my pitch and get in there. But I don't want to leave it there because that's not this moment right now. I do have a lot of hope that it's changing. But given that we have an imperfect landscape, even if I do think it's the best we've ever had, Here's what I see people I work with. Like, here are some of the things I see them do when, let's say, they try to pair up with a network or team up with a network and it's just not happening. I think you can broaden your search to other kinds of partners, like define partner broadly. I think of it almost like wallflowers at a cool dance party. Like, there are all these organizations out there that are kind of hanging out, waiting to be asked. They see this podcasting thing out there, but they don't know how to be brought into it without tons of money. 
Um, but if you go to them, then sometimes you still have to do a lot of the legwork, but then you have their brand, you have their resources, you have, again, some type of community with you. And I see a number of shows do that. You know, it could be a company, it could be a nonprofit, maybe it's a media outlet. One Sound Up alum I know, like she actually got some of the pilot funding um, at the end of the Sound Up program, but it wasn't enough to really fulfill the vision she had. So she started to go fund me. She did the hustle. She got people to add to the funding and she was able to hire a producer. And now she's got a great show. It's called In Those Genes, G-E-N-E-S, um, Janina Jeff. And then I think the last thing I'll say here is that like, and I think probably a lot of you know this all too well, is that you actually just can't wait for opportunity in podcasting to come to you unless you're a celebrity. But then I was going to say, unless you're Michelle Obama, but it turns out she had to start her own company in order to get a podcast. So even Michelle Obama had a hard time breaking into podcasting without putting in a lot of money and time. There are a whole bunch of podcasters who I work with, especially through SoundUp, but in other ways too, who just, they do what they can at the moment. They start making slowly. Maybe they don't have a ton of money, but they, they buy the mic or they do the next thing, the next thing. In this industry, as we know all too well, opportunity isn't front-loaded. You have to be patient. Maybe it comes later. Maybe you make a few things and then somebody wants to. Maybe your audience shows up in season three. That can be painful, but it happens. I see it happen a lot. The only time patience doesn't work is like with my 81-year-old client in Honolulu. Like I literally said to her, you actually have to be less patient because you are at that age where you need to make things happen. But for the most part, if you're not in your 80s, be patient. And I guess my conclusion, I want to say that I see all the indies. I talk to Elsie somewhat regularly about this. We see you, we care about you, we see the bottlenecks, and we see some hints at getting solved in various ways. If you are a podcaster and you've figured some way into this and it's going pretty well, like maybe you should create a podcast network. And think about how you do it in a way that maybe is different from the, the downfalls you've seen elsewhere. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. And, you know, kind of in passing, I, I do want to mention just before I conclude that there was this great write-up by Caroline Crampton and Hot Pod. I think it was in um, December of 2020, where she talks about the rise of independence. Like, this is a thing. And it, I can say on the ground, in the trenches, I am seeing that thing. If you're an indie, hang in there. If you're not, that's awesome. <laughs> and see if you can like bring some more people into your fold. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Yay. Thank you so much, Reka, for giving us the scoop on, on that lens for today. And again, you can always follow up with her here within the Whova app in the conversation. And we will have more questions and conversation going on over there. Thank you, Reka. I Thanks. so appreciate your time. And now moving on to the stage to keep it going, Michelle Corey, are you ready, lady? Are you I'm ready so to take ready. it on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready with our short microphones. This is just an ad that we didn't get paid for. <laughs> I know, totally right. Um, but let me just give you the scoop on this amazing woman right here. She is a podcast executive producer and audio entrepreneur with more than 11 years of experience. She is the CEO and founder of Frequency Media. And yes, she has her own show as well called The Cultured Podcast. She founded and single-handedly bootstrapped Frequency Media in 2018 with the vision of making the audio industry inclusive and accessible to all voices who want to bring good into this world. She is a first-generation Colombian America. Yes! who comes from a very long line of entrepreneurs, musicians, and activists. And by the end of 2019, Frequency's first full calendar year in business, Michelle had grown Frequency into a high-growth business and industry leader. Under Michelle's leadership, Frequency broke barriers by working with everyone from local businesses to advocacy groups to some of the world's most recognizable brands, including Coca-Cola, Apple, DVF, and Spotify. So take it away, lovely. You got like a really great lens here that I cannot <laughs> wait for you to do. Thank so, you. Oh my gosh. Welcome. It's as if we wrote that introduction. How weird. I, I was mean, like perfect. So I cannot accurate. even. How did you know any of that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to talk about, I actually prepared a presentation, but they always like mess me up and I prefer to connect 
uh, one-on-one with my face on the screen. So, you know, if you want these stats that I'm going to give you in a presentation style, I'm happy to provide. It's like a five-slide prezo anyway. So I'm talking about Gen Zs as a listener base and the growth of Gen Zs in podcasting and why you should care and how it affects podcasters and reinforces some messages that I've been preaching from the rooftops for a while. So I founded Frequency Media under the mission of trying to increase the intentionality in podcasting. And Lord, are Gen Zs helping to support that mission. What's really cool about Gen Zs is that we really didn't see listenership growing until I would say 2019, we started to see an uptick in Gen Z listenership. And we were kind of curious in the landscape. And when I say we, I'm usually talking about my strategy team. So at Frequency, uh, we nerd out pretty hard on strategy and data and research. And so everything Nikita was talking about with wanting more and more and more research, like we feel that need on a daily basis as we're in the landscape on behalf of clients trying to find more and more and more data as much as we can to help these shows navigate their strategies. And also, I mean, we've had so many good insights and data points across this whole panel. So appreciate that. But what we've been starting to see over time is Gen Z listenership has grown significantly. And especially in the last year and a half, it has grown tremendously, but not just listenership. The thing about podcasting that I think we all have a handle on at this point is it's actually not so much about quantity as it is about quality. And I'm hoping that shifting into the future, I mean, we were just talking about this. Like we were just hearing this. We need to not replicate other models from other industries, especially when those industries have shown toxicity and have shown that they're broken in some ways. So we keep replicating in podcasting models from public radio, which is great, but it's not quite the same for podcasting. And then further industries like film, like music, even streamed music is different than podcasting. So we're having to find our own way. And what I hope to see in the future is that we do forge that path forward in a way that's very specific for podcasting. It brings me back to this comment about quality over quantity. And it's because I think a lot of people, when they first get into podcasting, ask themselves, and especially brands, how can we reach the largest audience possible? And what that forces you to do is create something that is not made for any one audience. It's not tailored enough. It's not strategic enough. It's just a blanket approach, which tends to make a message more mainstream. And that is not always the best option. In fact, for podcasting, podcasts thrive in the niche and Gen Zs thrive in niche too. And not only do Gen Z listeners or Gen Z audiences thrive with niche, they also thrive with authenticity. So what we're starting to see is in order to really understand the Gen Z listener, you also have to understand just broadly the Gen Z mind and how they grew up and what they are demanding from the world around them. And I happen to be the perfect person to talk about this because I have a middle part and I'm not wearing skinny jeans. I'm joking. (laughs) No, but I also have like a weird Gen Z heart inside of my millennial body. I love Gen Zs. And one of the things I love about them the most is that they demand authenticity and they also demand humanity. Podcasting from day one, back in the old days... (laughs) You don't have to part with your side part. You can keep it. Listen, y'all, everybody can do exactly what they want. You know what I mean? But <laughs> you can do exactly as you, what you want, but I'm always preaching, do what feels right to you. And that brings us into the Gen Z conversation. So Gen Zs, the way they look at companies, I like to draw that parallel with podcasting. They don't see a brand when they look at a company. They see a abstract thing built up by human beings, all those human beings having human lives and holistic centers of their universes that they then plug into the corporation or company that they work for. Much like Nikita brought her baby, had to take care of her baby. Okay. And that's a human experience. And she's talking to us with her baby. Gen Z is like, heck yes, I am here for it because you are being yourself. And so that leads to a really cool statistic, which is that 
over half of Gen Z's trust podcast hosts more than radio, TV, and other medium, like newspaper writers, journalists, other mediums that have been legacy, like the most trusted amongst audiences. Gen Z's bring that trust to podcasting. So this is an implication. There's implications to this. And the implication is that what we are seeing in the landscape on an ongoing basis is that if you bring BS or effery to the table, to your podcast, if you are not being authentic, it's not going to fly. And they're vocal. (laughs) So they're going to be all up in your reviews. And they're going to be saying, do not listen to this because they bring BS to the table and they're not being authentic. And I don't like the way this person likes to represent themselves. And they will go and find a more authentic place and more authentic host, a more authentic show to become loyal to. And their loyalty is unbelievable. So what we're already seeing with Gen Zs is that they pick their brands based on their research of values alignment. What are my values? And I I think we're all starting to sort of wake up to this. Like even me, we're starting to like go, okay, so fast fashion is really, really bad for the planet. Okay. So I'm going to try to find clothing labels that are not bad for the environment, are not bad for human beings and human livelihoods across the planet, do not perpetuate negative energies around the planet. I'm going to try to find brands that fit into that versus being like, oh my gosh, that turtleneck is dope. I'm going to buy it and then look into it later. That is not how Gen Z operates. So you can basically apply that even though we have limited data in this industry, you can apply broader data sets and think about, think critically about how is a Gen Z's outlook on corporation, livelihood, purpose, work, affecting and merging that with Gen Z's perspective and approach to consumerism, which that word is going to fade away eventually, but consumerism. Merge those psychologies because what you're going to find is the underlining theme. The underlying theme is that they are expecting authenticity, values, and purpose in what they listen to. And we are seeing that in our own industry, in podcasting, if there is toxicity, you're getting called out. You're getting called out. And Gen Zs are approaching that by the majority. Gen Zs are approaching it like, not like cancel culture, but rather call it out to heal it. What I love about this vibe is that, you know, we have a slogan at Frequency that's very, very, very important to me. And it came to me during a meditation and it helped to heal some of my greatest traumas. And then I made it my company slogan because we believe in the power of sound to heal, enlighten, and uplift. And that slogan is be as big as you are. Be as big as you are. And I think Gen Zs are coming to expect that from people. And so what does it mean to be as big as you are? Well, first of all, for the people who are attending this panel and the people who are on this panel who are women or identify as women, We have been told for a very long time since we were born that we should be smaller, especially if you are a woman of color, you have been told over and over and over and over again to make yourself smaller. No, no, no. That breeds trauma. That breeds toxicity. And let me tell you something right now, the world needs you as your biggest self. And for our little industry, (laughs) podcasting needs you to be your biggest self. You have a big voice. You have a big message. You have a lot of big healing to impart into the world when you, when you do embrace that bigness. And so Gen Z is out here trying to heal. They're trying to heal the planet, themselves, their ancestry. I think that's why. I mean, this is just, you know, for me, my opinion is, and it's not backed by data. I think that's why Gen Z is being drawn to sound, to podcasting, because it can heal. And that's also why when you come to something like when you go walk into that therapist's office, you're ready to heal. And if that therapist is a D-bag or gaslighting you, it cuts even deeper, which is probably why we're seeing so many reviews that are very vocal about when there isn't the authenticity they're expecting and looking for. And when you're not treating them as a whole human, as a listener, which is where strategy comes into play, we see that pretty immediately. And so there's that goal be as big as you are. That's how it affects you. That's how the Gen Z listener pushes us. And you know, part of this is a comfort with vulnerability. Part of this is not to ask yourself, how do we monetize this as the first question? I get this all the time. We work with major brands and big personas. 
And they come to me like, how are we going to monetize this? And I'm like, I don't know. Our first question is, who are we talking to? Why are we talking to them? And how do we hope to heal, enlighten, or uplift them? After we answer those very big questions, we can talk about how you plan to monetize it, which is probably by building a sphere of influence, trust, and loyalty that will create major indirect revenues. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of ground to cover when it comes to authenticity and intimacy as a solution, an answer to Gen Z listeners listening more or actually pulling Gen Z listeners in. I also want to mention that gender who? Gen Z is not here for gender. (laughs) They're like, this is a non-binary world we're entering into. And there is an immense freedom in that because it used to be when I started my podcast, I was concerned that I wasn't going to be taken seriously or that no men would be listening to me because it was a podcast about arts and culture. And I was a woman and a Latina at that and unabashedly, obviously from Miami, you know? So I was like, no one's going to take me seriously, but I did it anyway, because got to be as big as you are. But in a future where intimacy, authenticity, and honesty are rewarded, plus gender who, (laughs) that's really empowering and exciting. That's really empowering and exciting because half the world, based on the preconception of gender alone, has been oppressed. So imagine how powerful it is for you to walk into a room as the feminine, the divine feminine that you are, whether you're, no matter what your gender identity is, the divine feminine that you are being as big as you are, that is what Gen Z is challenging us to do. I'll stop there. (laughs) Thank you. My gosh, this is amazing. That was awesome. Michelle, I can't even, it's, it was brilliant. Unbelievable. Again, following the conversation, moving it over towards the community over at Whova. Follow up there. We can follow up these conversations because they're amazing. But I really would love to moving into our last but not least at all, the amazing women from Dear White Women podcast, Sarah Misasha. This is the very first time that I get a chance to actually see you. And it's kind of crazy that I'm just like, okay, now go. But (laughs) hurry up. But now from here, let me just introduce your to the brilliance, which is them taking the stage now from the perspective of podcaster. So Dear White Women is an award-winning, heart-led weekly podcast dedicated to helping white women use their privilege to dismantle systemic racism. The show is hosted by Sarah and Misasha, two half-Japanese, half-white daughters of immigrants who've been best friends since they met in Harvard nearly 25 years ago. Misasha is a lawyer and an amateur historian and is married to a black man. Sarah is a life coach, facilitator, and is married to a white Canadian man. Together as moms, they call on us to look deeply at our personal experiences with race and identity and examine the structures in both of our nation's history and present day to create a more equitable world for the next generation, which builds very wonderfully after Michelle. So I think that you were just amazingly ushered into taking the stage now. Uh, Please feel free. Thank you so much for being here. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Yay. Thank you so much to Elsie, to Jessica, to She Podcast for having us today as part of this amazing group of women. And we also love that we are closing this panel out because what amazing words have we heard so far. And we are touching on a lot of the topics that um, everyone has raised. So we can't wait to get started because we want to talk to you about where and how we can do better individually and as an industry. So let's spend a moment on our current state. Um, We're living in an unprecedented and uh, PS, don't you really hate that word by now? Time. Right. Uh, Totally. Like I roll. Can we stop with that word? The reality of this time that we haven't talked about yet, though, is that women are bearing the brunt of a lot of things, including losing jobs, offering unpaid care to other people, especially as moms. I mean, we're managing the emotions not only for ourselves, but a lot of other people around us. And so are you. And so I want to name the elephant in the room, which is that people are exhausted. Right. And, you know, given that, we think that everybody involved in this industry should be asking ourselves collectively, why do you and why do we podcast? And that why is really linked to our purpose. I mean, I'm the positive psych nerd here. So I love this, the sharing this, which is that science has shown that, that having a sense of purpose is really, really good for people. 
You know, purpose makes us feel like we matter and mattering is good for our psychology and for our bodies too. Everybody deserves to feel like you're living on purpose, especially during these times when it all feels like really uncertain and fearful in the, in the bigger picture. And the reason we're pushing this understanding of why is because it's becoming increasingly clear. We just heard it and we are here to echo it. There is a divide between what is authentic and what is superficial, right? We've heard it in the She Podcast track already, Nikita and Michelle. You know, these were not coordinated presentations, but we're all saying the same thing. So there's something here. You know, the podcasters and producers who are connected to their why, those are the authentic ones. And being authentic is not only going to make your podcasting journey sustainable, but it's also the type of podcasting that's going to make a difference in society longer term. You know, it's the ones that people really want to respond to, want to get behind. And so what's really authentic? You know, in podcasting, are you leading with your heart or out of a sense of obligation? And since we're all about the practical um, at Dear White Women, we put together a couple of questions that you can be asking yourself to really suss out where that is for you. Let's talk about episodes. Do you have your show because you believe in it as a value add or because someone's told you that you should have one? Do you put it out as often as you do because that's a sustainable cadence for you or because they say you should? Is the purpose to get a heartfelt message out? Is it to build community, to build your reputation for a different project? We can all get more authentic. We just need to take the time to hit refresh on, on why, on our why during these times, which are bonkers. Yeah. Uh, the same thing goes for social media and the email, sort of that outreach, the image that you put out for yourself. It's not a direct link to podcasting, but it is related to build up your brand and getting the word out. And it's also exhausting unless you have a purpose and a plan. So, you know, for a lot of these platforms, are you doing it for education, for inspiration, for people to be drawn to your aesthetic, to sell a product? I mean, you can really tell who knows their purpose and who shows up consistently with quality content that adds value to the community. And so we're giving you permission to come up with a plan that's not as pressure filled on someone else's timeline, but as long as it's intentional for your why. Right. And, and that leads us to partnerships. Are you, you know, sending out scattershot emails to anyone who comes across your radar or are you taking the time to see if your messages and audience align? And we've heard how important that is throughout this track. Who are you partnering with and why? And, you know, we've been talking about authenticity and, and the flip side of that being superficial. And a lot of this superficial mindset is often linked, in our opinion, to this idea of scarcity, that we have to scramble or push or sell or beat out other people. But at the same time, we firmly believe that the authentic connection to your why means that we can lean into the opposite. We can lean into a mindset of abundance where we are each using our voices and skills and passions to tie into a purpose. And that is so powerful because it means we can be way stronger together. And that's right. Here's the science nerd again. Community and relationships are key to our long-term health and happiness. And there've been a bunch of studies. If you are interested in those, let me know. I'll send them to you. But you know, it's not a coincidence that Reka mentioned the idea of a home. Community, the sense of belonging is so important. And so what does that look like in podcasting? I mean, we call it the three C's. Right. So starting with collaborations, working together with others to share stories that will resonate with your audience on any of your platforms, whether that's mentioning each other's podcasts, reposting a cool post or something even more creative. We're sure that you've got tons of ideas. Right. Share with us. We are interested. You know, another one, the second C is making connections for other people, right? Not just for yourself working together, but how do you connect to your greater community? Because once you know what you stand for and what other authentic people stand for, you can really build stronger relationships between, you know, podcasters and producers and between our fellow podcasters. You can go ahead and make connections, even if you can't totally see where they're going to lead. And um, what's an example of that, Sarah? Okay. So <laughs> recently we had Period Kits and the Black Moms blog. They're two organizations that are led by people we've connected with. And we found out they were doing a party to celebrate periods. And so it's a very relevant story to this audience, I suppose, but we connected them and they did a whole event raising period products and funding for women in need for their organizations. I mean, it's basic humanity. Like we had nothing to do with that, but something good happened in the community. People appreciate you for those connections. And then we believe that the good comes back around. And finally, control and owning the control that you have right? You have responsibility for all that you put out. So when it comes to your work, don't do the blind pitches. Don't copy other people's material without credit. Don't get ca too caught up really in your own work or your own silo without remembering to support others, going back to those connections. Use your voice to be your best. After the three C's, you know, circling back to the current state and the power of women, we're here in March. It's Women's History Month and, and we've got a big message for you. And it's this, 
we need to unify as women. And I really love saying this to a community like the one she podcast brings, because according to census.gov, the female population of the United States is 50.8%. That means that we are the physical majority in this country, albeit slim. And we recognize that this stat may not take into account how we see an account for sex and gender in this country. But the message is clear. We are the majority. I mean, that means that if all the women out there or even most of the women and some men voted for something, it could pass. I mean, it would pass numerically. And that is a ton of power that we may not actually appreciate that we have. And this is something that we spend a lot of time asking on the podcast. If we're the majority, why can't we act like it sometimes? We see women wedging divides in our womanhood, prioritizing race or preserving wealth or our our partner's needs or even our own fears instead of putting our incredibly diverse womanhood first. We are really destroying our own power as women by using our differences or our privileges or our fears to divide ourselves off into smaller groups. I mean, remember we talked about that abundance mindset before about that authenticity. I mean, if we leaned authentically into being women and appreciate that all of our stories are different from each other and yet still equally worth respecting, then we would be able to make massive changes. We really need to unite as women first. And you may have heard about this with a fancier word, intersectionality. It means that we can be women and Black, women and poor, women and queer, women and Jewish, women and disabled, women and Spanish speakers. To honor those different identities that intersect with one another, we need to listen openly, honestly, and really from a place of love and humanity. So a quick gut check. What do you associate with intersectionality? Because to be honest, we've heard from some people that it seems too sort of taxing to consider, that it's disruptive, it's just too much. They're too busy. Right. And well, and we saw this in reaction to the first Women's March back in 2017, when the issue of representation of all women was brought up. There was a backlash from white feminism about how intersectionality was basically ruining the party. We had this great moment of connectivity, and then we had to, quote, bring race into it, which begs the question, right? Were we truly connected in those moments if only some people get invited to the party. As Dr. Jennifer Nash states, the great part about intersectionality is that you can visualize it, right? It's literally the point of connection for so many people and how they identify and see themselves and others. I mean, for example, what intersections live within you? These intersectional stories are the ones that are increasingly gaining traction. There's different ways to do it. If you're a solo podcaster, you'll want to make sure that you acknowledge your own identity and all its facets. So your listeners know which perspective you're coming from. You know, maybe you can even verbally acknowledge that maybe your views differ from the challenges that XYZ group is facing. Um, If you're an interview-based podcast, you may want to hear more, feature more, and support more people in this space that have those different nuanced narratives about their own stories and experiences. So let's go back one more time to the power that we have as a group of women. I mean, it can't be said enough. We are the majority. Yes. I remember my law school class from Columbia in 2004 was the first time that we had more women than men as entering first-year law students. And that trajectory is not changing. But as we've seen, and as especially has been highlighted for us in these events of these past couple of years, majority equals power. But that means nothing if we can't use it for the collective good. So- What if we were to apply authenticity and intersectionality as frameworks for how we include, instead of excluding, women's narratives? Really, this comes down to care. How do we care for ourselves and each other? How should we be caring for each other? What solidarities can we create? How can we be uplifting each other's stories and needs and using our platforms for the collective good? You know, we have this moment right now to really show up for each other. We know that in December 2020, all of the jobs lost were those of women. We know that women, and in particular Black and Brown women, are bearing the brunt of the pandemic. We know that working moms are leaving the workforce at rapid rates, and we've heard that this will set us back, and by us, that refers to all women, perhaps as much as 25 years. And so why not stand together now and use our voices to include rather than exclude the narratives of all women? so that we are prepared by knowing our differences and our fundamental similarities so that all women can stand together when things like policy changes and new laws and new candidates start coming around so we can support each other. To us, that is being authentic. That's what we've got. Wow, y'all. It was so wonderful. It was as if you were in each other's brains. Thank you so much. For those of you who are still here, I think Nikita had to skedaddle to go be mama 
to have some mama time and whatnot. But thank you. We would love to have Jess. You can come on back into the scene if you are here. We're just super thrilled to have had you, all of you, and share your voices to close yes, out the day thank you today. So much. That was amazing. Our it was amazing. It really was just so inspiring to be able to sit back and get a little bit of a hint of wow. what, at least for what She Podcast Live was for so many of us, right? I know that it was only a one-time experience and it's always, even with She Podcast growing from 2014 until now, that that thread, that um, passion, that uh, vibrancy, that energy that we have together is truly magical to the point where it just it, it feels like a lack sometimes when you didn't get a little of that and you all made a little bit of magic today thank you so wow. much for helping us you? cultivate this um, virtually even if it's a, a little bit you know with the zoom stuff but i think we did much better than the golden globes if you ask me oh, heck yeah we did <laughs> that right? was incredible and, Absolutely. Um, so for all of you, if you are interested, and I know that those panelists here and whatnot, I know you have very busy lives and what and all of the things, but the Whova app does have like a community section in there. And we do have a little chat in there that we started just in case that it is really, truly, it literally is closed pre post chat for the She Podcast mini con. So if you want to go in there, or even if you just search for She space podcasts, it will come up in the community section. And if you just want to give a little high five or a little child, a, a little something to the panelists, to the people who participated today, and if any of you want to join in and just say hey to the community, that would be awesome as well. Again, thank you so much for your time. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was wonderful to see all of you. So Jess, we have just a couple more minutes here to kind of shut this out. I feel like my head's so, going to explode with goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to She Podcast. You can find us online at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at She Podcast. You can also find out more information on our membership, our live event, and everything about us at ShePodcast.com. Thank you so much again for listening. We truly appreciate it. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your face. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>